Yeah, nigga, I came up on that Portsmouth shit Uptown, downtown, Pistol City, we run this bitch Caught you back to have some work And I'm not gonna say it's all of that, no, but Thank y'all for tuning in, Surviving Portsmouth. Today we got one of arguably the best guard from IC Norcom High School. Yes, yes. Two-time back-to-back state champ. Yes. Um, all CIAA player. Um, one of London Notes legends. <laughs> yeah. Hands down. The Gro always say he he the Oaks legend, but no. hands down. Just like they say about LeBron. If he ain't got no rings, it don't matter. It don't matter. I got D. Carlos Anderson up here today. Yeah, man. What's up, everybody? All right, man. So let's just jump straight in it, man. Um, What does Portsmouth mean to you? Uh, Portsmouth means just like a kind of a small community. Mm-hmm. Built off uh, a lot of people that has a lot of great talent, but don't really get recognized because people kind of overlook us. So we're kind of, I would say, overshadowed by other states. So it's kind of hard for us to make it out of here. Mm-hmm. It's just, I would say the main the main thing about Portsmouth is we're just strong. We, we're uh, greatest world be resilient. We're a resilient city. All right. Um, you said it's hard to make it out. We get overlooked. Why do you feel like Portsmouth get overlooked out of all the areas in Virginia, though? Because, like, most of the time when people say Virginia, they always say, man, Virginia got um, great athletes, especially mm-hmm. in that Tidewater area, that 7-5 area. Why is it that Portsmouth is overlooked by other places? Uh, I wouldn't say – because I feel like they don't think we have a lot of talent down here. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't feel like why they think that, but I really do believe. I think when since we played it, what really put Portsmouth on the map that I feel is when we won the back-to-back state championships and mm-hmm. everybody realized that we had some of the top talent as far as Dodo, me, and Jay. That's what I feel like put it on for the younger generation and for the older ones, it was probably Vernon and Ben. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt, man, um, without a doubt, I will arguably say, like, y'all did put on for y'all generation, and for y'all, it was burning, and then after y'all, it was Travis and Streets and them. Yep. And it it was always a cycle with that, man. So let's go back to the beginning, man. Like, where you from in Portsmouth? I am from, of course, I'm from downtown Portsmouth. I was born and raised. I was born in Southside. I stayed in Southside for a few years, but for my, uh, I think I stayed in Southside for seven years, and then after that, I was saying I love the notes my whole entire life. All right, man. Like, how how would you describe London Notes growing up? Let's let's say from when you moved out there till high school. How would you des- how would you describe it? All right. So growing up out here, we were just a whole lot of fun. You know, as we were younger, we running around playing fighting sometimes you see the drug dealers selling selling weed you see people getting shot at so when i stayed out here when we first stayed we stayed out in 11 30 and it was like a shootout right in front of my house and like the bullet was so close to hit my mama it went through the the, the patio and shattered the glass and missed my mom probably by a little bit so 
we kind of seen it all. It was more, it was more a lot of shooting. It was more of a fighting or somebody getting jumped mm-hmm. or something like that. And mm, we, were just, we were just chilling. I think we were just like, I, I really had a good childhood out here. Yeah. I mean, I know growing up, coming out London Notes, like I didn't know how bad London Notes was until after I got older and people used to talk about it. And I'm like, yo, I didn't know it was like that. I came out there with my cousin, um, rest in peace, Ed Brown. I used to come out there with him. And my Enjoy cousin, yeah, my cousin Q-Ball used to hang out on um, London Notes. So, like, you know what I'm saying? I used to come out there, and I never thought about it until I got older. But we'll, yeah. start, going, we'll start going into that. So, like, with, with, with that growing up, you said guns, shooting, um, yeah. fights. How normal was that to you? Uh, it was kind of normal, you know. When it get rowdy, you know, everybody crowding around the hallway, everybody trying to see who fighting was more of a hood versus hood, you know, us versus the Doug, us versus Dale's home, us versus Lincoln Park, us versus Swanson, hood versus hood. You know you couldn't go out of certain hood if you weren't ready to fight. And it was the same thing out here. And that's how a lot of that's how we got a lot of my friends got sucked into the neighborhood culture far as Oh, I'm hanging with this dude, so I gotta sell drugs. And if I gotta be around him, that means I gotta fight. That means I gotta tow the gun because that nigga, people are gonna try to take what this guy got. So uh, it was just, it was a lot. It was a lot for a kid that had two sisters and his mom. That it was a lot for me. Yeah. All right. So, so I'm glad that you born up the hood, the hood, because like, if you're not from Portsmouth. And you say hood to hood, you would think like it's like real big, but at the same time, um, London Notes is depending on which way you go, five minutes from the dub. Then you go yep. the other way, it's like seven, eight minutes from Swanson. But then Swanson yep. ain't nothing but five minutes, four minutes from um uh, Dale's, but Dale's literally 30 seconds from um, uh, I mean Lincoln Park, like 30 seconds from um so like like tell me the difference between because like we know we consider Portsmouth three things you got Calvin Manor you got Mm -hmm. downtown and then you got Churchland Churchland yeah describe growing up how different the neighborhoods was and like how did you look at like Calvin Manor and how did you look at like Churchland being that you from downtown of course everybody when I was you downtown, you automatically assume all the rich people stay out churchmen and they soft. You automatically assume that. Mm-hmm. And from Cabin Mountain, I ain't really have no bad vibes from man. We I don't know why they call them uptown. We were just thinking like man, uptown. Everybody, everybody that's not downtown, we thought we thought they were soft. We mm-hmm. just thought they was. We just thought they were soft and they won't about nothing. Yeah. when did you when did you realize it wasn't like that though? Uh, I realized, of course, you know, when with the neighborhood versus neighborhood, you know, every neighborhood had different, you know, gangs out there. So we thinking like, okay, so, you know, if you stayed out, none of Oaks, you was considered Oaks mob. But then a lot of people that stayed out the Oaks, they went to churchmen and they kind of branched out into churchmen and made, I think, what was it? I think it was murder mob. It was something like that. And if you was out Cavalier Mountain, you was in, you was, it was so many, it was just like a, so many gangs out Cavalier Mountain. It was just like, 
Yeah. All right, so these dudes ain't soft, man. They do the same thing that us downtown people do, but we just don't go out there enough to see it. Yeah. And I know I know when I was growing up, man, like, it it was big, like, Calvary downtown. Uptown mm-hmm. is new, new to me. Like, we didn't consider ourselves uptown. It was Cavalamana, downtown, and Churchland, Suffolk. Yep. Like, 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 that's how I was considered. But then as we got older, you know what I'm saying, I knew um, Peanut and uh, Recipes Peanut, Dodo and them, they stayed out Churchland. Mm-hmm. Jamal Minga, all of them was out Churchland. So hanging with them, that's when I realized, yo, this ain't really, this is, Churchland is part of um, Portsmouth. But you mentioned something about, like, the neighborhoods. Like, mm-hmm. you go out California, is Bloods versus Crips. Yep. You go to New York, is Blood versus Crips. You go to one area, is Vice Lord, such and such. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up, what was the gangs that you know about? Uh, Of course, you know, Oat Smart, Y Nick, you had Goonies, you had BMB. Um, you had different blood gangs. I ain't really know any Crip gangs out here. It was more of a, the blood gang was more layout Lincoln. Yeah, I would say because I used to be out Lincoln a lot, so it was more Bloods out there. And of mm-hmm. course, Oats Mob, and you got Murder Mob out Churchland. Then you got Why Nick. Some of Why Nick is out. They everywhere. Cabin everywhere. Everywhere. Parkland, Cabin Amanda, everybody. Churchland. So it was it was a lot though, especially mm-hmm. when. When I first got in it, yeah. I ended up fighting my homeboy uh, brother, Quill. I ended up punishing Quill. I thought I was on top of the world and I punished him. Now, I mean, we got our little flag, learned the handshake, and then boom. I was like, dang, I'm really in this now. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm in this, like, I'm in this for real. Like, right, I'm in this for real. Right, I'm in it. But the thing that kind of distanced me away from it, was basketball. Yeah. So when I came back and I missed certain things, I see one of uh, I see probably like Kali, you know what I mean? Free Kali, he locked up. But I see him and he was like, bro, where you was at? We had a meeting the other day. I was like, bro, I had a game. I was in well, I was in we was probably in Memphis or Nationals or somebody. Oh bro, you owe me 20 push-ups. I hit the 20 push-ups and it'd be it. And yeah. so that that was it was crazy, man. I couldn't believe that I was in it though. I ain't tell I ain't tell my mama nothing. But when I knew it was real, my ninth grade year, that's when the game culture was really it. Like you had to be in a game or that was it. Yeah. So when I really realized that it won't for me is when I took a picture with my Oaks Mob flag on my I had a flag over my face and I was throwing up the Oaks Mob sign in front of the uh play pop and the dude took a picture of it and put it on Facebook. And Facebook. that's what Yeah. No, I think it was no Y'all MySpace. MySpace, MySpace, MySpace. Okay, MySpace. all right. I put it on MySpace and that's when Detective Northern, um, all the police officers were checking MySpace and Coach Goosby called me and he said, man, you better take that shit off MySpace because police is coming to get everybody that's with that. Yeah. And then that's when I knew. I said, man, I got to get out of this. I can't be in this. <laughs> I can't be in this. I can't be in this. I can't. Okay. I cannot be in this. All right. So, but, all right. So, 
let's talk about it. You knew at that point it won't for you. Yeah, I knew. Yes, I do. All right. So um, let's talk about it. At that point, was that the fine moment for you? Like, yo, I got to. I got to change, or was it like, yo, I just can't be in it, but I'm going to still fuck with y'all, but I'm still playing basketball, but I'm going to still, you know what I'm saying? Was you was you trying to live a double life? Um, I No, I, I don't, that was one of the defining moments, but another defining moment was when I think somebody got jumped that y'all, why Nick? Somebody got jumped that night, a night. I think it was Eli. Somebody got jumped, and all the people from Oatsmile was out there. Yeah. I think they jumped, they jumped Eli or whatever, whatever. But I went out there, but you associate with your people you associate with. So, boom. Peanut called Dodo. He was like, man, Dodo, was the Carlos out there? He was like, nah, yeah. the Carlos wasn't out there. Was this after a party? Yeah, after the party, yep. Tyree. Yeah, Tyree. And yeah. Peanut hit Dodo asking, was I out there? He was like, nah. He was like, all right, bet. And then hung up on Dodo. That was a defining moment because after that I had I was either out Lincoln or whatever. And I think it was it was somebody. Sponzo. That's when I knew it was where I said, I gotta get out of this. So Peanut jumped out of the car, literally, 15 seconds, punch, Fonzo on the face, knocked him out, got in the car, and left. <laughs> I was looking at Peanut, you know what I'm saying? I was like, damn, man. And then another defining moment was the brother Trey. It was all us oats mob at the prom, at the peanut prom. I think he went with, with Precious. He had on pink. Yeah. So after the prom, everybody's sitting on it. It was, remember that little cut by IHOP, right? Yeah. And Peanut, it was all the oats mob and Trey. The nigga Peanut ride through the spot, stopped through everybody, popped the car. I'm like, Trey, you good, bro? Trey was like, yeah, I'm good. I right, Trey was like, yeah, I'm good, bro. And then he got back in the car and left. I was like, yeah, man. This ain't what I do. This ain't what I do right here, man. This can't be it right here. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think people realize, man, like during that time, like you had the bloods. And at that time, it was literally a handful of people who was Crips. This was fun nips because you got to think about it. 06, mm-hmm. 07, 09. Jim Jones out, Lil Wayne mm-hmm. out, Jewel. So everybody back then wanted to be Bloods. Yep. It was a handful, but I don't think people realize, like, it was Oats Mob and Why Nick. Yeah, man. And then, of course, with the Oats Mob, you, and this is how we viewed it. You had people who tied flats, Oats Mob, Murder Mob, Goonies. Mm-hmm. Everybody was black flag, and then it was white nick, and then after that it was like little gangs, and like that neighborhood gang was so real that it sucked some people in, and some people was able to distance their stuff from them. Yeah, that was me. So like when when at that defined moment, let's start talking about basketball. All right. How how did your career start taking off? Because like arguably, hands down, the best team. We always say Vernon and them. If Vernon could have got that put back dunk, it would have been a conversation. But at that moment, the big three. Yeah, man. Like, how, how was that? Uh, playing with them, man, it was just something that, of course, you was around, bro. So you seen what we put in. And definitely, I definitely got to shout out you, 
you, Pat, Day Day, man, everybody, man, because y'all was really with us when we really wasn't, we were trying to kind of find ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, man, shout out to y'all, man, for everything. But the, the, uh, it was just crazy because, of course, you know, freshman year, me and Jay played and Doe ain't really played. Yeah. So, our sophomore year, Doe started, I started, Jay started. We was like, all right, man, we might can really be something. But the defining moment is when, the defining moment was when Peanut had passed and then it kind of pushed Dodo to an uncomfortable position that he had to be a star. Mm-hmm. And me and Jay was like, all right, man, we're accepting our roles. Like, okay, man, he got to be the star, but we got to be stars too, man. Yeah. So it was just like, we just grinded, man. I ain't never seen, if if you see one of us, you're seeing all of us, man. Yeah. Every last, if we working out, if we running the track, if we go into the gym, we're, we're all three of us there, man. Just, we just, we really, really, really work hard about our craft, man. We really kind of showed ourselves that we we could be whatever if we think or put the work in and put our mind to it. Yeah, man, because, like, y'all was a different breed, dog. Like, with me, Pat, Peanut, we we didn't have no older person that yeah, – like being a Vernon them was ahead of us, but you got to think about it. Vernon, Vernon went to uh, high grade, then Ben went to high grade, and then he went to ODU. But we ain't had nobody ahead of us to teach us or to guide us or to show yep. us states or what we fucking up with. It was like, and this is how I viewed it. It was me first, then it was Pat, yep, and then after that it was like so on, so on. But by then, like, people already had made their bed to see, like, what they was going to do. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, like, if y'all if y'all continue to do the same thing or not, then after Pat, it was Trey Riley mm-hmm. and Trey Theus. But um, with y'all, it was like, like you said, we seen y'all grow, man. Like, man, it was, man, how many times we was in the back of Parkview and, hey, bro, can you give me a ride? Man, come on, what you going to wait till the last minute to do this, such and such? We already drunk high, such and such. And mm-hmm. at the time, y'all still in high school and y'all weren't doing that. So we was like, all right, come on, man, we got y'all. Yeah, every time, though, bro. Every time. Well, we taking y'all with us. Y'all y'all was ahead of the game going to the clubs while y'all was in high school. Facts, man. Ninth grade, though. Yeah. Y'all, like, y'all, like you said, man, if it was one of y'all, it was all of y'all, man. And y'all was on some different stuff, like, we played sports, but our grind wasn't as hard as y'all grind was. Like, we just did it for fun. And mm-hmm. we were like, yo, if something come, but it seemed like y'all had a bigger picture. Like, yo, this shit bigger than us. Like, we got to go. So yeah, so let's start talking about this this state run. Yeah. When y'all was going to st- – the thing that killed me was I was able to see y'all, like, December game, mm-hmm. maybe January game. But after that, track season kicked in, kicked in for me. So I never made it to a state championship game. Yeah, man. When y'all was doing that, how did the city embrace y'all? And did y'all mm-hmm. and did you get a different look at Portsmouth when y'all was doing that? Yes, man. I think we brought a whole lot of positivity to Portsmouth. You know, it was still murders and still it was kind of a little bit of murders, but we brought a definitely a positive side. You seeing Older people that ain't came to games in years, coming to the games, supporting us. I know for a fact, 
It was some. It was like people betting on the games, giving me, mm. giving us, just giving all us money. Just all right, man, go win this game, man. I got some money for y'all. Win, man. And we was gonna win anyway, but we took the money too. When y'all was going on a run, did and this is the outside looking in. It seemed like everything came to a halt. All the violence. Yeah, even it did. For, even if it was for four hours because they have to come there and see the women play or see the JV before y'all. Mm-hmm. Everybody could come underneath uh, the gymnasium and be there and have a good time. Yes, man. And, you know, I would, I, I used to love putting on the show, though, man. I ain't going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. I used to love that I embraced the crowd. I was really the, like the energy, the heart, and the soul of the team. Man. I felt like I loved to play in that uniform because I love my brothers, though. It wasn't even about people out in the neighborhood and the community. I just love playing with them. Yeah. Man, I just love with them. It just made me feel so good about myself. All right. So y'all y'all win the championship. Your yeah. junior and senior year, correct? Yes. You're about to go to college, man. Like, how hard was it for the transition from going from Norcom to, was it Manhattan at first? Yeah, Manhattan College, yeah. And then transferring to ECSU. How was right. transitioning and still trying to manage being at home? Oh, uh, man. I'm going to let you know. I think Manhattan was the most humbling experience that I ever received in my life because it put me out of my comfort zone for one. I'm in New York. Nobody knows, kind of knows this story, so I'm going to let it out right now. You know, I didn't want to stay there. In the summertime, I used to cry and call Bonnie every day. After we finished working out, I used to cry and tell Bonnie, man, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here, man. I don't. I don't want to be here. But Bonnie always constantly told me, Carlos, it's the summertime, man. You're going to get used to it. You're going to like it. But then another thing, I think I really need to say this, man. For all the athletes out there that's going to college, you're a senior, man. Your first impression is your best impression, man. I used to try to get through the workouts and not destroy the workouts. I used to try to get through, like give an average performance every time. And that's what messed me up in the beginning, man. I went from coming in, might have had a possibility to start to sitting on the bench mad as hell. Because <laughs> I was at work, man, and I was so mad at myself. And when I did start working hard, it was too late. Yeah. Yeah, but so, the transition from leaving there to Elizabeth City was totally different, man. Totally different. All right. So with Manhattan, what's that, nine hours away from Virginia? Yeah, probably eight. All right. So, so – Let's talk about it, because you you in Manhattan for a year. Mm-hmm. What was the when was the first time you came home? Uh I came home I think it was April. April. So you yeah. so you was there from cause division one, you gotta go to summer school. Yeah, we went to summer school first session. All right, so and then you went home or you just stayed? I, I came home in June. No, I came home in June. Okay. You came in July and you went back. So after that, your next time going home was it to April? Yeah, to April. Yeah. What did you see different 
in that short and almost a year from your man to some of your closest friends, your family man, your uh, family mindset, what was the difference? Uh, the difference between, I think the Oaks kind of like died down. Yeah. Um, a lot of my friends said, um, like, Burr, shout out to him, R.P. the Burr, he passed yeah. away. Um, my boy oh, was shot. Like, he, pa- he passed away when you was in high school, though, right? Yeah, high school. He okay. passed. Um, then Rashad ended up going to jail, mm-hmm. and then and it was just different out here. It was they were trying to they remodel. Of course, you know they took down the courts, they took down the poles, they took down the play pops, they repainted it. It looked different. People not coming outside like they used to. It just kind of like transformed. It became a, like a boring neighborhood. It won't. It won't exciting to be out here no more. Yeah. All right. So you you go to uh, Elizabeth City. Shout out yes. to the CIAA. CIAA. Yes, shout out, man. You go to CIAA. Yeah. What's going on there with you? All right. So you know when I got there. Um, it was kind of challenging for me because, you know, when I was in Manhattan, the coach kind of stripped some of my name and shout out to coach Maz, he a real dude, man. But what he did to me, he kind of changed me. He stripped my confidence away. I ain't have an identity anymore because I kind of started believing what he said about me mm-hmm. and he would not knowing I won't listening to the message she was telling me. I will listen to how he was saying it. So yeah. that's another thing, all of all the singers, you need to listen to the message, not the way he's saying it. So I kind of started believing the stuff that he was saying about me. And when I yeah. got to Elizabeth City, I didn't have my mojo. Like, I ain't have that overconfident about myself again. I, he stripped it from me. I was I felt like I didn't know if I could play like I used to play anymore. So when I got there, I redshirted. And thank God I redshirted because... That was in 2013, and that's the year that Bonnie died. So I kind of took a hit with that. That was that was the biggest hit in 2013. Forget the red shirt. And then I started, I got into kind of like a depression state because that was my guy. That was somebody yeah. that I ended on for everything. And I, I think that's what God kind of pushed me to be more independent and be my own man and just take care of my business. That's what I got from Bonnie dying. I needed to grow up and start taking care of my business. Okay. All right, man. Rest in peace, Bonnie, man. Like Rest in peace to him, man. Real dude, man. Facts, man. Like I could I could see like you could get up on the Bonnie skin, but it still won't not for him to do something for you. Yep. Like, never. Uh, never. He'll break, he'll break his neck for y'all boys, man. Like, for real. If you, if you was an athlete and he looked out for you, man, he, like, because I'm not going to sit here and say, yo, we had the tightest relationship, but I used to fuck with Bonnie, man. Like, and Bonnie was cool with it, though. Like, always in good spirits, man. He'll cut you out. He'll, even on the football field, like, after games or whatever, he used to tell me, like, stuff that I did wrong. I'm like, yo, you a basketball coach. What you talking about? All right. Yeah, you ain't got to listen to me. But That's his favorite line. <laughs> yeah. But, you know what I'm saying, that's how you know I used to fuck with um, Bonnie or whatever. Like, cool to tell, man. But, uh, all right, so you start after your research year. Um, what you did, yeah. two years or one year plan? 
Uh, I, I did three years there. Okay. All right. So mm-hmm. let, let's talk about it. Um, your last years at uh, Elizabeth City, man. Yeah, man. Um, what did it do for you? Uh, it did. It brought it brought the joy to the game again for me. Um, I just I took I got into that off season. It was me and Manje. Shout out to my girl Jeezy. You know, um, Jeezy. Me and her really hit the gym every day. She was kind of my motivation other than my daughter. Yeah. Jesus was my motivation. If I didn't feel like working out, Jesus texted me like, all right, Los, we working out today? Oh, man, I got to work out. I can't, we can't not work out. Bro. Yeah, so then it was like we both was pushing each other because that next following year, Jesus wanted me at, I mean, they wanted me at championship, and she was the MVP of the championship. And that's the things that me and her talked about. But mm-hmm. for me in the CIAA, man, I took I took it that summer I wanted to kill everybody. I wanted to get my mojo back, and I wanted to get my confidence through the roof again. And that's what my coach did. Shout out to Coach Dunk, man. He pushed me. He gave me the, gave me the confidence. He gave me the keys to the program. Yeah. Normally, he had an all-CIAA player the year before, but he just gave me the keys, and he was, re- he was really rocking with me. And, man, I took full advantage of it, man. Full advantage of it, man. Shout out to my boy Trigger. Shout out to my boy Trey. My boy Trey was there with me, man. So he oh. gave me the keys to the program, and I just took them and went with it. All right. Um, so what year you graduate from um, East City? Uh, 2016. All right. So 2016. How mm-hmm. old was your daughter? My daughter was – she was two. All right. She was two. All right. Yeah. So you, you graduate and you come back home. Yeah. And that was tough for me. That was really tough because – I mean, I'm I'm definitely comfortable talking about it with you because you know I had a uh, my sister was there. Of course, a lot of people don't know I have a a disabled sister, but I repeated my sister, man. She passed what 2018, so I repeated her. But I came back here, and my sister, you know, she was in like a kind of a group home thing, mm-hmm. and my mom brought her back into the house. So it was kind of humbling again because now I'm a guy, black male, mm-hmm. standing poor with a degree working at the gym so now i'm thinking like man what am i doing wrong man i got a whole degree but i'm working at the gym what is this doing what am i doing man i'm underpaid i don't have a car i don't have a house i don't have any money for real i gotta walk to work every day if it's hot if it's raining if it's cold i think that was humbling for me coming back here knowing that i ain't have a job or i have a house or a car and i gotta help take care of my sister because my mom have a job either. So my sister hungry, I got to make sure my sister eat. And if I don't, if now I'm saying, if I don't got enough to eat, as long as my sister eat, I think I'm going to be good. Mm-hmm. So that was the most, that was the most humbling thing, man. Seeing my mama kind of struggle with my sister because my sister is twice my mom's side. Yeah. And just seeing how she, my mom, deal with my sister so I knew that's why I got my strength from from watching my mom have to struggle with my sister mm-hmm. so that was, it was hard it was really 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 hard watching it and I had to stay here and, and look at it man it was my mom I used to have to push my sister in the wheelchair she used to have to take the wheelchair upstairs downstairs every day she had to wash my sister make sure my sister get her medicine when her medicine ran out my mama used to have to Walk to right A to get it. it was a lot, man. It was a lot in 2016. Yeah. 
And I, I don't think people um, realize, man, because I had went through a, a, a little bit, like, when I graduated, you like, yo, I got a degree. I know I'm about to be good, such and such. So then I found myself in the same thing. I came back, and I was working parts and rec, postman parts and rec also. Mm-hmm. They had promised me a, a full-time position in the headquarters because I had a degree. The grant ain't go through, so I'm like, yo. On top of that, I was a rec aide two. I won't yep, even, I won't, I won't even rec, what is it, three or rec aide? Yeah, three. I yeah, it's rec aide three. I was a rec aide two doing rec aide three and um, psych supervisor on work. So hmm. I'm like, yo, like, what the fuck? So, like, I understand, like, how you feel going through that shit, dog. So, like, at that point, when did you decide to pursue what you're doing now? Uh, uh, Coach Goosby, I told him what I was doing. Goosby said, man, apply for this job at Lakeview Elementary. I know a principal there. She looking for males. You're going to interview. You'll get the job. I was like, man, I don't know nothing about teaching. He was like, Lowe's, man, apply for the job. So I ended up applying for the job. I walk in nervous. I walk in the interview. No, I won't in the interview nervous. I'm talking about once I got the position. I walked in the school nervous like I'm one of the kids. Yeah. So, of course, I had to get comfortable with teaching kindergarten, just comfortable and comfortable. So I had a mentor, Miss uh, Miss Bisner. Shout out to Miss Bisner. Uh, Miss Bisner was my mentor for kindergarten. Yeah. So I got comfortable. I got comfortable. 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 And, of course, you know, I'm dealing with kids that I know their parents from high school. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was good for me. I was, uh, I got comfortable. The kids started loving me, and then it was one day she called me to the office. She was like, "Mr. Anderson, I got something for you." I was like, "What you got for me?" She said, "I want you to take over this first grade position, and I want to see how you're doing it." But as that's happening, she's transitioned out of the school. Yeah. She's going to a middle school. So now I'm like, "Damn." Am I going to be able to do this? But then I thought about it like, man, I'm, I was made for this. I'm built for this. I, My personality is like, it kind of what sells me because I'm funny. I can I can get along with everybody. And it worked for me. So first grade was smooth. And then, so the next, after first grade, they ended up moving me up again to second grade. Now it's like, it just I just love what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I'm glad that when people talk about, damn, man. You you and Doe, man, y'all supposed to be in the league together, but I thought about it. I said, man, I love this dude so much, it feel like I'm in the NBA, too. They were like, what you mean by that? I said, that's my guy, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I love this nigga, man. I feel like when he make a point in the game, of course, I know you feel like that, everybody else. When he make a point, a dunk, a steal in the game, it feel like you making it. Yeah. And and, and that's why when people are like, you supposed to be in the league with him? Nah, bro. That's his route. I'm happy – I'm more happy he in the league than myself. Yeah. So that's how I feel about him. That's my guy. So from there, yeah. I knew my calling was that. And I mean, and that's a blessing, man. Like God got everybody playing. And then they may it may not be what you thought it was gonna be. Mm-hmm. For real, man. And and that's something that fits you. That's that's what you're here for. Um and you also coach basketball. Yeah, I coach bas- JB basketball and AAU basketball. All right, let's talk about that. Like, like, did you always know if you wasn't going to go to the league, you was going to coach or never? I want basketball. 
Never because I'm thinking like, man, my passion for the game was like, man, I really love basketball. So Coach Goosby actually, after he got me hired at the middle, I mean, at the elementary school, he ended up giving me a job as his head assistant at Norcom. So I'm kind of getting the ropes to see how much time that he put into it. That's why this dude is a basketball genius. Not alone. Goosby ass never signed a damn basketball. Not one day in his damn life. Not one day. <laughs> but the dude is a basketball genius. So mm-hmm. I got to watch how he – his preparation, his – what he put into his team because all his teams hasn't been talented, but he take them far because his coaching style. Because a lot of people doubted his coaching style because, oh, Guzman can't coach because he ain't got the, he ain't got the nice players like he had with y'all. He was he was baby with y'all. So now he's now I me mean, pushing other players to the max of their potential. So I ended up coaching with him, I think it was two years. Mm-hmm. He asked me, he said, Lopes, my fault. Coach Larry ended up having a heart attack, man. Get well, Coach Larry. Coach Larry ended up having a thing he had a heart attack. And Guzman asked me that I want to take over the JV. Uh, I told him to give me a few days. So then I said, yeah, but then I had to bring back the legend himself, man. Shout out to Kojak, man. Yeah. I had to bring Kojak back, man. Kojak was the greatest, man. So it was me and Kojak, and then we ended up getting Pierre on the staff as well because he's kind of – he's in the early part of his coaching basketball career, and he has, like, the uh, the adolescent groups, like the eight and nine and ten-year-olds. So we had that, and then I ended up coaching. Of course, everybody know who Jamal Brown and Carmelo Swinton is. Yeah. I ended up coaching them. When I first started with Gooseby, Gino hit me up. Shout out to my boy, Gene. Hit me up and asked me that I want to coach AAU. I was kind of skeptical about that because I didn't I'm, – I'm brand new at coaching. Yeah. So they trusted me with that team. Nobody knew who this team was. We had a tall kid. Maul really couldn't play. Melo was kind of the star. And we, I went from this team – Shutdown, 757 Shutdown Elite went from an unknown, don't know the coach team, to rank, what is what was it, fifth in the nation. Yeah. So that's how that's how I knew that I was doing something right because we went from unknown to rank top five in the nation over 500 AAU teams. So I knew I was doing something right. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know, man, because, like, um, when people hear Portsmouth or um, Norcom that I went to school with, they automatically send me clips, send me links, send me Instagram, add me on Instagram pages of the athletes. And I'll be like, yo, we got them. Like, hey, don't trip. You know what I'm saying? So you go back to your alma mater. I, yeah. I, I was talking to somebody, and it was one time, there was like Norcom homecoming. And Shaw Homecoming fell on the same weekend. Yep. And people were asking me, what was it? I think it was two years ago. They were like, yo, so what you going to do? I said, I'm going to Norcom Homecoming. Like, what you mean? Can you tell me in your own words, what? why is Norcom so important? And what's what's the history about Norcom? So people, if you're not from Portsmouth, you will understand. Because people always be like, yo, I don't understand, like, like why you so hyped to go to a homecoming? And I be like, yo, Norcom ain't nothing but an HBHS, historical black high school. I was like, yo, we tailgate like we at um, yeah, man. college. So, like, just give me just give me a rundown. Uh, Norcom, what, 
what kind of Norcom Norcom really really means. It means family. It's a whole lot of black people. Everybody just love to be around each other. A whole bunch of camaraderie. A lot of people that played sports back in the day. Um, what else? Old cheerleaders, old coaches. Just come together and just have a, a good time, man. And and just kind of reminisce on all the old good times, man. That's the. I think that would be the biggest thing to explain. Norcom Norcom means really family and togetherness, man. So that's why it's so rich. It's like it's like a CIAA school. Like yeah. we stick together like that. We really stick together and we kind of like hold our name. Our whole our name holds weight. And I really want people to understand that like Norcom really holds weight because of our rich history, man. Yeah. Um. All right. So, man. Um. In what way will you say Portsmouth made you the person you are today? Uh, Portsmouth made me strong. Portsmouth made me courageous. Portsmouth showed me kind of like sympathy. Portsmouth gave me strength, gave me faith that I can do more than what people think because everybody thinks just because you're from Portsmouth, you can't go far. Just because you're from a community that sells drugs and be gangsters, they don't mean that you have to do that. And I seen that. And I seen my friends choose that life because of somebody they seen do it. And like I always tell people, man, I thank God for, first of all, I thank God for Bonnie. And then second of all, I thank God for this guy named, a lot of people don't know this, but I thank God for this guy named Christopher Mandel, one of the realest dudes I ever met. Mm-hmm. And that was because... He lived that gangster street, robbing, stealing, selling drugs like. But he stopped it to help kids like me don't fall in the steps that he did. So when all the gang people wanted me to come out here and fight with them, guess what he would do? He would like, Carlos, I'm on my way to pick you up. Have your stuff ready. If you don't have no stuff, we got stuff here. You ain't gonna be you ain't gonna do none of this out here. I'm on my way. So when they fighting and shooting and doing this, going running around the neighborhood, I'm out Deep Creek chilling at his crib, watching movies, playing playing the game or having a game on Saturday. So I'm not even focused on this stuff out here. But the only thing that I wish I was out here for, if I could have stopped Rashad, do that dumbass shit that he did, and everybody out here, all the people that we look that he looked up to, that we looked up to, yeah. let him do that stupid ass shit and got him all that time. Yeah, man. I, I remember, like, when that shit happened, dog, because, like, I think a week before I was home or something, and we was out. What's the place behind Crescent Place? Behind it? What, what, um, what King King used to stay at? Oh, damn. Oh, behind, uh, Riley's. behind Riley's? Across from the dub. Across from it? Yeah, right across from S.H. Clark. You remember King King had the uh, apartment out there? I remember King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember King. Uh. We, we, like, we over there, we drinking this stuff, and I'm, I was just talking to Rashad, dog. He was like, man, bro, I'm done with that shit, dog. I ain't getting in trouble no more. So, you know what I'm saying? We was chit-chatting. Like, two days before, we was texting. I was like, man, all right, man, keep your little bad ass out of trouble. Two days later, it's all over, man. Harlem got locked up, such and such. And I was like, damn. He was just telling me. 
Like he was literally just telling me, yo, man, I'm done with this shit. All like they said yeah. if I get in trouble, I'm going down. And he and and I just wish that I was out here to stop him because the motherfucker, he just didn't like the shit that we seen out here and these niggas encouraged him to like, man, it was one for instance, it was one time we was out here chilling, dog, and a random guy walks out here. We all in the hallway chilling, joking, laughing. He asked the dude, he said, man, who you coming out here to see? The dude said one word. He, I'm coming out here. And Rashad punched him in the face, knocked him out. So yeah. I'm like, damn, bro. They're like, yeah. man, I don't, know that, I don't know that nigga, man. I'm like, man, Lord, have mercy, man. Yeah. So the dude ran. Rashad took off and ran behind him. <laughs> oh, everybody else took off and ran behind him. That nigga almost got hit by 18-wheeler, man. That's how I knew, man, this shit, man, the shit that y'all niggas doing, I ain't doing that shit. Come on, I'm going to whoop my ass, man. <laughs> I'm going to whoop my ass, man. I know yeah. what I know. She whooped my ass. Yeah, and, like, without a doubt, dog, like, you know your limits. Yeah, man. You know, you you down for some stuff, and then at a certain limit, it's like, yo, no, nah, hell no, nah, fuck that. Yeah, man. I knew, I knew my mama was crazy. From the time that me, it was me and Dodo, you know, the, the big heel by the overpair, right? Yeah. So me and Dodo, badass, we killing. Like, we got, you know, them big-ass boulder rocks. Mm-hmm. So we go on that hill and throw, like, three of them at a big-ass 18-wheeler. So the 18-wheeler, we hit it. All you hear is, don't, don't, don't. So when the 18-wheeler slam on his brake, me and Dodo take off. You know, Dodo and them people stayed up the front rocking them. So mm-hmm. as we take off and go through my mama shit, my mama grabbed my neck and she hit me so hard I just fall, I pass out and she <laughs> throw me in the car. So all I remember is all I remember is her punching me and I'm I knock out like I wake up in the crib my I got a ring around and shit and the nigga Dodo is like dying laughing. <laughs> but but that's important man to have somebody like that who who ain't gonna take no shit man because it ain't easy raising boys. Yes, man, it ain't, man. For real, man. Shout out to my mama, man. For real. All right, man. And and the end it off, man. The last question I got is how important is it? You live in Portsmouth, right? You still stay in Portsmouth? No, I stay in Suffolk. Okay, you stay in Suffolk. Yeah. How important is it to go back to Portsmouth or London Notes for people to see you? Um, I come out here, I kind of didn't like coming out here sometimes because it was just too much shit going out here. But I do come out here, you know what I mean? I holler at the kids, I come through, got some of the kids up, and the moms be like, yeah, because you need to be like him when you grow up. I'm like, man, shit, I, I, man, I ain't nobody. I'm, I'm still trying to make it myself. But she was like, shit, I want my son to be like you. You kind of like the role model type, man. I was like, yeah, man, I do want to be a role model to all the kids out here. Some of the kids really don't really know me like that it's more of their moms that know me but it's mm-hmm. very important to come back to your community to show the kids man you can be somebody you can make it out here it don't matter if you got a father in your life you can still be the man that you want to be despite what everybody think about you yeah and I, I could respect that man um i want to say thank you for coming on the show man and i really appreciate it um Tell everybody where they can find you at, like, for our social medias. All right, so, well, my Twitter name is do it for Bonnie underscore zero. 
My Instagram name is doitforbonnie underscore zero. My Facebook name is DeCarlos Anderson. I don't really be on Snapchat like that, but my Snapchat is King LOE. Shout out to all my LOE boys out there. We doing big things. Shout out to everybody out there. Peace, love, and power to everybody out there, man. All right, man. Once again, man, I appreciate it, man. Thank no y'all. Doubt, bro. Thank y'all for tuning in. Surviving Portsmouth, man. I appreciate y'all. And nigga, I came up on that Portsmouth shit. Uptown, downtown, Pistol City, we ran.